These days, your calendar is supercharged and you find yourself having to pencil in when you need to breathe. As we're always moving and grooving between our offices, homes, studio, and out, we could all take some moments to spend time and hear from our faves and pop culture on what they're up to and how they keep it together as well. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith, a celeb fashion stylist, co-founder and creative style director of Athleisure Mag, co-executive producer and host of a number of shows in our multimedia podcast network, Athleisure Studio. When you plug into Punglo SK, you'll get to hang out with those that, regardless of their background, are juggling their busy lives and have words of empowerment to keep us motivated throughout our day. Today's episode of Bungalow SK, we catch up with Sinisa Superbad Estrada, who is a WBA 18 and 0 flyweight boxer. We talk about how she fell in love with the sport of boxing, how she broke through an array of challenges to get in the ring, her sponsors, and how she wants to give back. We also talk about how she is staying in fighting shape as we all navigate our routines in the times of COVID 19, as well as what it's like to have Danny Trejo in your corner. I've been a boxing fan since I was three years old. When was the moment that you realized that you loved the sport and that you wanted to be involved in it? Um, when I was about six years old, I believe. Wow. I would watch boxing fights with my dad um, when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. My parents divorced. They divorced when I was one. Mm-hmm. So um, the only time I would see my dad was on the weekends and we would go over to his house and every weekend there was either a big pay-per-view fight that was on that uh, he would order and we would watch or he would just put on like classic boxing fights um, old tapes that he had of like Little Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard uh, Tyson all the um, old school fighters so um, just from the first moment that I watched the fight it just really intrigued me and I was just like everything just made sense to me and I was like that's what I want to do oh my god I love that and when did you actually start and who was your coach oh I started when I was eight. Oh wow and, um, so from the age of like the age of six is where I started watching boxing and then at seven I really really wanted to box and I I spent like maybe six to eight months just asking my dad if he can please take me to a gym so I can start boxing, but he was, like, totally against it. Um, <laughs> I remember when I first asked him, he was like, boxing for boys, you know, you can cheerlead or do something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cheerlead? That's boring. <laughs> and uh, so um, my brothers played um, baseball from T-ball all the way to high school. Mm. So I would always, I, w- I was always at the park with them, and I loved baseball. That's like my second favorite sport. And um, even baseball, he was against it. He's like, baseball for boys, too. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, so the very first gym I went to um, was in Alhambra, which is where I live now. It's about like five minutes from East L.A. Mm. And uh, he walked into the gym, and the trainer says, oh, you know, she's too young. We usually start kids at, like, the age of 13. So bring her back when she's 13. And plus, she's a girl, so we don't really train girls. Oh. Um, so he got back in the car and he told me what the trainer had said, and I started cry- crying. Mm. So at that point, he realized like how much I really, really wanted to start boxing. So he took me to the local gym in the neighborhood that he grew up in, mm-hmm. which was Hollenbeck Youth Center. 
Mm. And um, Great Place, it's a boxing program that's free to, ki- free to all kids. So it's a basketball program. It, it was just an awesome place. So um, we, he took me there. And the very first trainer that I had, his name was Ronnie Revolta. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember walking into the gym and he's like, you want a box? And there was this, the gym was just filled with little boys. I was the only girl oh my in God. there. And um, he goes, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm, I'll train you, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to treat you just like one of the boys. I'm not going to treat you any different. Wow. And I, I, I said, okay. So started from there and, and haven't stopped since. That that is an amazing story. Um, so, what what point did you decide that you were going pro, and what led to that decision? Um, I would say when I was sixteen, I won the USA national championship, which ranked me number one in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first women's Olympics for boxing was going to be in two thousand twelve, which is about three years later. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, I had like over 100 amateur fights already. Whoa. And I wasn't sure. Like, I didn't really want to wait another three years. I was tired of the traveling and the tournaments. And then I also fractured my my toe. I dropped a weight in the gym on it. Mm. So it kind of, like, kind of um, the toe on, like, me being able to compete mm-hmm. and um, kind of held me back a bit. So at that point, I was just like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to wait another three years and, you know, I'm, I'm injured. So, um, I decided to turn pro, but turning pro, like it was, I didn't realize the transition, how it was so different because in the amateurs, like there was, there's pretty much a tournament like every single month. So right. I'm fighting constantly, constantly. And then when you turn pro, um, it's not like that. Especially mm-hmm. like, especially for, for women, like yeah. now it's great, but when I first turned pro, um, it was completely different. Like I, it was difficult to get a fight. It was difficult to get signed by a big promoter. Mm. Um, so I was fighting. I would say like every seven months. Oh my god! Sometimes like sometimes uh, maybe every eight months. So I didn't realize how different the transition would be, and how I didn't realize like how dead women's boxing was when I first turned pro. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see the change now the difference which it's it's only been the change has only happened like within the past like maybe two years mm. wow it's, but it's like it's insane to see like the difference of where women's boxing was five years ago and where it is at today um so yeah it's, it's only getting bigger and better so I'm, I'm excited about the future i mean that's amazing but also, like what you were saying, to know that it's been like only in the last couple of years that this this uptick has started to take place noticeably. Um, and looking at just in the research that I did of you, um, you have broken through so many barriers in the sport. Like you said, being a female fighter, being a Mexican-American, winning the women's Golden Gloves match. I know that you're signed uh, Golden Boy Promotions and you've gotten so many firsts that you've broken through. What was your motivation to continue playing the sport with all of these you know, things that could impede some people if they were trying to break through? Uh, my motivation, I would say, like, well, there were so many times that I wanted to give up, but I think the motivation mm-hmm. definitely is, like, I would always think to myself, like, I can't, 
I can't. I wouldn't be able to like spend the rest of my life always wondering what I could have done yeah. and what I could have became if I didn't give up. So I think like that's the one thing that really always kept me motivated and kept me going. Well, what is a typical training session like for you t- normally? And then obviously, since all of us are staying in for COVID, how have you modified those types of things in order to stay fit? Um, yeah, so typical training, I would um, do strength and conditioning for about an hour to an hour and a half before going to the boxing gym. And mm-hmm. I would be at the boxing gym for about three hours. Wow. And um, um, But now it's been a little different, of course. Um, we've been... Uh, running at the park and also training there and then we started training in my dad's backyard so we try to get like as much equipment as we could out of the gym yep to his backyard so um so yeah i've been doing that so, i mean it's a lot different without having like a boxing ring and like a- easy access to everything exactly boxing gym um but i mean like I was talking about it with my trainer, we're like, yeah, you know, we end up fighting in, in like July, which is like what we're getting ready for. Mm. Um, we're not going to have any sparring, but it's like, I've been through so many training camps where like I couldn't get any sparring, so I probably only sparred like maybe six rounds through the whole training camp, which is like insane. Yeah. So just all the little like obstacles and, and things that I have dealt with through my whole career, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, you know. Been there, done no that. Deal because... <laughs> We've, we've been through so many crazy things before when it comes to, like, training. Because, actually, we didn't have a gym for a while, um, a few years back. So, we were actually training at the park. So, it's kind wow. of, like, you know, it's similar, you know? Exactly. What is it like on fight day for you in terms of do you have certain routines that you do when you're you're preparing the day of the match? The day of the fight, um, I just like to be less alone <laughs> I, don't like to, I don't really like to have uh, you know, like friends or family around me I don't like to um, I just don't like to talk I just like mm-hmm. to stay focused and be by myself uh, the whole day leading up to the leading up to the fight and um, I also I get very nervous I feel like I mean so many people are surprised to hear that I get so nervous because it doesn't really, doesn't really show, mm-hmm. especially when I get in the ring, it doesn't show. But um, and then having like so much amateur experience and, you know, just, I guess like being as good as I am, people don't expect me to get nervous. But mm-hmm. That's the one thing that like people are totally wrong about because I get extremely nervous. Like my hands are so wet. Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't eat the date, like, I mean, you're supposed to eat a good breakfast before it's good and fight and even have lunch if you can. But, mm-hmm. like, I get so nervous that I, I can't eat, like, that morning of or, yeah. or anything, so. And who have been the your mentors in this sport? Um, mentor in the sport? I would say, I would say my dad. Just because he's just been through so much personally and he's overcame so much. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as being, like, in out of prison and addicted to drugs and life changing his life and being my number one supporter and always making sure that like I never give up and I always continue to have faith in myself and faith in God so he's the one person that no matter how down I'm feeling or no matter what it is he's always there to like lift me up and 
keep my head in the right place. Your career has been phenomenal. What do you think about that? And and what are your goals in addition, just from the sports side that you want to do being such a dynamic person? Um, in the sport, I just want to continue to change the sport of women's boxing for the better. I mean, I know, like, it won't be easy for all female fighters, but, like, all I can do is continue to accomplish my goals and hope that people me and they recognize me and they they get more yeah open-minded to watching women's boxing and to you know supporting other women in the sport mm-hmm. um and of course my goal is to win uh multiple titles at three different weight divisions so absolutely that's definitely something mm-hmm. that i want and I know that you signed with the SoCal Sportswear label and you have partnerships like with, with Ladders, which we're actually fans of Ladders. We've included them in Athleisure Mag before. Why are these great fits for your brand? And and are there other partnerships or sponsorships that you also have? Um, yeah, Luca is a great fit for me, I think, because um, like, it's difficult to find a brand that really you no matter what, you like the ups and the downs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of um, sponsors and and brands that want to work with you when you're um, when you're at the top and when you're winning. And and Luca has been there with me, like from even even before I actually signed a deal with them. Mm. They were always supporting me, and um, you know, always there. So I know that um, it's more of like it's more of like the people like. Pat, who's the owner of Luca, mm-hmm. more of um, the way how genuine he is, and that's kind of what really got my attention as to like how of the kind of type of brand I want to work with and the kind of relationship I want to have with the brand. I don't want to just wear the clothing yep. and represent them, but like there's no relationship and no loyalty, you know. So mm-hmm. that's what really stood out to me about Luca, and I just like. I just fell in love with everybody who, who, who works there, all the employees, all the other athletes. Um, everyone is just really good people. And that's what I really appreciate about uh, Bruca. Wow. And, um, and as far as Ladder, um, Ladder is a great company. They've been great to work with. Mm-hmm. I love the product. And I've always had a hard time, like, finding um, supplements I like. Yep. And, like, supplements that I feel that are actually working. Like, I've never really felt that until I tried ladders and of course everything tastes good so mm-hmm. that's, exactly that's like super that's very important so um, tastes good and it works which is like the perfect you know balance between the two you also are either sponsored or or you have a partnership with Danny Trejo like how did that happen and has he given you advice on you know just staying motivated and and anything else like that I mean we love him we love his his taco uh uh, shops and also his movies and he's just such an amazing personality. Yeah, he's great. Um, Daniel is actually the one who introduced me to him and mm. uh, Daniel met him through um, working at the Rams, working for the Rams, right, Daniel? Uh, yeah, when I used to work there, me, me and yeah. became close friends. Wow, which is a nice so, uh, friend to have, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, oh man, he's amazing. He's super, super supportive and like, he's just somebody that like, really genuinely cares for his close friends and his family. Um, so yeah, I'm grateful to, to know him. And like, 
I always tell people, like, <laughs> it's funny because uh, every time someone asks me, like, you know, how is Danny? Like, you know, what kind of, what type of person is, is he? I always tell them, okay, well, here's an example. Like, usually, like, we would, he would, like, if he's doing, like, an interview, he would, like, um, invite me to come along with him. Mm. And he can talk about me and stuff. So, I would say, like, every week I get a call from him. Wow. Like a random call, right? It could be like a Wednesday or a Monday. And I'm like, oh, hey, Danny, what's up? You know, and I'm like, okay, you know, what what is what does he want, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, he was like, he's like, hey, oh, nothing, you know, I just want to know you're doing just checking up on you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, is that all? He's like, yeah, I just want to see how you're doing. I'm like, oh, okay, but like, you know, that's the kind of person he is. Like, mm. he just calls just to check up on you, not because... He wants to tell you something or he wants anything. He just calls just to check up on me. Wow. I'm like, wow, I don't even have, like, I don't even have friends or even, like, people in my family who, <laughs> <laughs> who call me, like, randomly every week just to check up on me. I think that's, like, just amazing. Every time I tell people that, they laugh. They're like, wow, that's, like, that's interesting. Because no matter what he has going on around him and what he's doing, what else in terms of when you look at goals as a brand and everyone, you know, is always looking at what else they also want to work on or be involved in or, you know, just other types of things to add more verticals into what their brand is. What do you envision yourself as you continue to build your empire, whether it's in sports or even outside of sports? As far as outside of the ring, mm-hmm. I would like to... Um, just motivate and help the youth, the youth in like inner city of like, you know, communities that I grew up, that mm-hmm. I grew up in. And I also want to um, open my own boxing gym and mm. in a community where it's affordable to kids. I know a lot of gyms are like expensive now, yep. especially boxing gyms. Um, but yeah, you know, being, being able to start boxing at home, that's center where like it was a free program and like my parents couldn't afford to pay a monthly fee for me to train every month so mm-hmm. um i know how important how important that is especially when like uh there's a family who has like three four kids who want to box yeah um it's not easy it's not easy to pay 125 dollars a month for a gym fee for each kid so um you know i would like to open the gym and and uh close to my community that i grew up in and have it affordable and also have like, um, I would also have, like to have like uh, classes for like counseling for whether it's drugs or wow. just, um, just something to like every day when you go into the gym, not only are you going to the gym, but like it's a place where you can um, feel comfortable talking about what's going on in your, in your life or what's going on around you. Wow. I think that's amazing. The balance between athleticism as well as just like positive mental health. Right, yeah. I think that's really important for kids in the community to really find find someone or find a place that they're comfortable um, comfortable speaking about mm-hmm. things that are going on in their life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Bungalow SK. Make sure to follow, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. 
You can also follow and listen on additional podcast platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Himalaya, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Premium. Bungalow SK is a member of the Multimedia Podcast Network, Athleisure Studio, part of Athleisure Media and Athleisure Mag. You can see our show notes at athleisurestudio.com backslash bungalow-sk and follow us on Instagram at bungalow.sk to find out who we're talking with as well as what our guests are up to. Bungalow SK is executive produced by myself and Paul Farkas with sound editing by the Athleisure Studio team. Our music is courtesy of Icons 8 with Forever T performing Renaissance. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith, and I'll see you next week at Bungalow SK. 